It's a miracle. And Ivy, and you're listening to Black, Broke and Brilliant. Coming up on today's episode, we'll be discussing some of the latest hit TV shows. So let's get straight into it. So before we get into it, how are you doing, Sammy? I'm really good. I'm very happy. I've got a new nephew. So we've just welcomed a new baby into the family. So super, super happy. This baby was well overdue. I think he was just comfy in the womb. He did not want to come out. He said it's cold out here. I'm trying to stay in because he he really did not want to leave the womb. He was very happy. (laughs) He was really just living his best life. He was like, I know I've been evicted, but it's not my time to go. I respect it. I, I really do respect it. And also just congratulations. He's so cute. Like normally babies are a little funny looking. Normally they look like old men, but he came out like picture perfect. He's beautiful. It's really funny. He's got like these eyes where he's just bare suspicious of everything. He's like, where am I? Why did you take me from my happy place? <laughs> His facial expressions are just hilarious, but I don't know. He must think that he's still in the womb because all this kid does is sleep, like sleep, <laughs> sleep, sleep. But it's, I guess it's a good thing because like he's super chill. Like yeah. he does not cry. He's he's very much like myself, like my brother. He's just he's just calm. He's very content. I yeah. love that. I feel like being a newborn must be so nice. Where everyone just loves you and hugs you. You get to sleep. That's kind of the dream. It's it's really funny because like he just gets fed. He has his breast milk. Then he's like milk drunk, and then he just sleeps. And you're just like staring at him. I don't, there's something so like, I don't know, like entrapping about just like watching babies. They just make you feel really calm. And I don't know, I feel like it's it's therapy or something. Like just watching them just makes you feel like really calm and happy. It and is so healing for some reason. Honestly, it's, it's great. And it's just like really exciting because before we were just like really looking forward. To, and now he's just here. Now he's here. He's like a little person. Like I want one. I'm like I'm too young. I'm too, I can't look after myself. But I want one. They're just so cute. <laughs> Literally. But I I definitely learned quite a few things about you know childbirth and stuff that we just didn't get taught. So yeah, a lot of educating happened. And fam, it was not even my baby, but I was learning things from 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 the mum and what she was picking up. And luckily enough, like she had um like other friends who were pregnant or just had babies around here and they were like yeah I did not know this happens but I'm gonna inform you that that way you're aware and I was like excuse me it goes where I just feel like pregnancy and childbirth that's not the kind of thing you should be figuring it out as you go along like we should know this well in advance Uh, uh, yeah it's it's really a lot like everyone respect your mums I beg it's actually (laughs) a lot when you said our friend was in labour for 48 hours, I said, what? Two days? What? Yeah. I didn't realise that was part of the deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember well, like, when I was going to, to just like um, see my brother and like, bring him his best stuff, he was like, yeah, what you women go through, it's mad. It's mad. He's like, yeah, I've seen things and honestly, like, res- respect, it's mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, that's so scary. It's oh. just, I think I learned not even very long ago that when they say you're, oh, you're two centimetres dilated, three centimetres dilated, I really thought that was your vagina that was opening up. I didn't realise that was the cervix. That is all Listen. internal. I thought your vagina was just getting ready, but no. I can't I, do it. I thought the same until a week ago. And then I was told otherwise. And I said, excuse me? Yeah, what? 
like someone must be mistaken. You're telling me the vagina doesn't even like stretch a little bit. It doesn't even like get ready. It doesn't right. start widening. What? No. Yeah. Yeah. So motherhood. Yay. Everyone always says that like once the baby's here, it's like a hundred percent worth all the pain and the stress. But yeah, people definitely, we need to be told this early, early days. You know, when we're, you know, doing GCSE biology and that human biology, please, I beg. Yeah, why we learn about plants and chlorophyll and, and mitochondria? Please. Am I a plant? Am what I going to do with that knowledge? Son? <laughs> no, but really and truly, what can we do with that knowledge? I would I would love to know. I would love to know that. Like, can I just, you know, be fed glucose? Can I just produce glucose and make my own food and live from the plant? It's not possible. <laughs> exactly. Now the school schools failed us. They did us so oh. dirty. But yeah, how are you doing? How's everything going? I'm good, thank you. I'm in the middle of a social media cleanse, which has been so nice. I know nothing. Life is good. And I popped back on Instagram today. I thought, let me just test the waters. And I was seeing articles like, oh, Boris Johnson had a birthday party. This woman's been murdered. And I said, listen, this is not for me. I'm going back to my cleanse. Life is good. It's like... Was there a party that this man was not at during lockdown? That, I feel like it would be easier to just exclude it that way than to try and find which parties. Because it seemed like every day man was having a party. Every day. He said out every weekend. He, Boris, wow. He was enjoying. And it's the fact that he went on TV and was like, don't hang out with your friends. If your friends invite you out, say no. My guy's having multiple parties birthday parties christmas parties like you just cheese and wine that come and there and merlot this this it. man this man and, and and for him to be like no rules were broken no rules were broken excuse me you were telling us that we could not even see anyone outside when we we're going to for our one hour runs yeah you can't see anyone you can only meet one person outside meanwhile there was how many of you in in the garden together bro doing up vodka and grey goose and cheese with no social distancing. Also, he's the brother that's making the rules. So how can he turn around and be like, oh, I didn't didn't know any rules were broken. You made them. It, for me, it's like the fact that he needs an investigation to tell him whether or not he was present at a party. Like the questions have been, so are you at the party? He was like, do you know what? The investigation will prove that. Fan, why you or why you not at the party? Simple. <laughs> oh, I, you just can't make this stuff the investigation, up. The investigation will uh, will discuss that. That's all. Yeah. Fam, were you at the were you at the party? Do you, it's all in the. It's it's. I've given comments on this all. Fam, were you at the like? It's. I don't understand what's difficult. You were there. Yes, you wrote the rules. Yes, like. Like it's, it's really just a yes or no question at this point. Were you there? Yes, I was there. Okay, done. No need for an investigation. Like he's failing the exam already. Yeah, exactly, man. But this is exactly why I'm like, I don't need social media right now. I, it's just, it gets me so angry. And I like being calm. You know what? Ignorance really is bliss. I hear it. I hear it. I, I, I think I might try and do a, a social media cleanse at some point because it is nice. I remember when I did it like back in, in 2020 and it was just so nice because it was quite an overwhelming time. And I was like, wow, it really makes a difference. So yeah. I may follow you on that. I would recommend. Um, but yeah, back back to this week's episode. Before we get into it, if you haven't seen Euphoria, Money Heist season four or five, or Sex Education season three, you have been warned there will be spoilers ahead. Um, but yeah, let's start with Euphoria because that is the show that everyone and their moms are talking about 
right now. And I was very late to the game with Euphoria. Yeah. I know season one came out in 2019 and I have only now just started watching it. But I'm obsessed. I'm actually obsessed. And the mad thing is, when I started watching it, I was like, what is this? Why is everyone naked? Yeah. Why is everyone having sex with everyone? Why is this one a dominatrix? Why is this one sleeping with 40 year old men? But now I'm hooked. I'm like, I'm so desensitized to it all that I can just enjoy the storylines. Yeah, it is a bit mad. So I, I started watching it when it first came out. So I think it was like third year of uni. I don't know if it was like after um, dissertation or, or whatever. But the thing is, I'd heard about the show. I was like, oh, yes, Zendaya, she's doing this new show. It's called Euphoria. I had no idea what it was about. I said, Zendaya, my G, I'm watching. And then I started with the first episode and I said, excuse me, what's this? It's all dark, depressing. She's a drug addict. It starts off and it's like, yeah, she overdosed um, on drugs and her little sister found her. And she's just coming back from, from rehab now. But she was doing up, they try to make me go to rehab. And she said, no, no, no. She's done a rehab now. She's come back. She has no intentions to stop doing drugs. She's still on it, on a regular. And I said, what in the world? For me, it was like, I don't know. I heard a lot about the show and it was like, okay, this is going to be the first thing that, like the first major thing that Zendaya does that's like way far off from like Disney like she's grown up now she's trying to leave all the Disney and the PG-13 stuff behind and do like some real stuff so I was like okay that's cool that's cool I didn't realize how dark it was gonna go but yeah it's 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 interesting to say (laughs) I also loved that Zendaya was like listen I will take all the drugs that I need to take but I'm not taking my clothes off for anybody I really rate that (laughs) do you know what it's (laughs) I didn't even clock that, but it makes it makes sense. It makes sense. Apart from like even um it's only in what season two, I think it might be the first episode where there's like a scene and they go to like some drug dealer's house and to like make sure no one's like wearing a wire. They say, Yeah, everyone get naked. And she's just there holding on to her clothes for dear life. She's like, No. Man's got a gun up, he's like bam, get and she's just like <laughs> and madam, you're not even supposed to be here. it's about that everyone's there butt naked and she's still there in her hoodie she's like "Uh -uh, mm -mm, not me take me to another room not doing it yeah she was like there's a lot of things I'll do but I won't do that one yeah she's like absolutely not I work for Disney and I can't come and take off my clothes on HBO it's not for me I respect it yeah I'm guessing that's almost kind of why like Malcolm and Marie came out in between then because it, it's the same like creator and producer but mm-hmm. yeah anyways back to the show so yeah it centers around um Zendaya's character is called Rue the thing uh, m- most of the characters they're all in high school so they're not older than like 17 which makes a lot of what happens very very wild but yeah her character is like addicted to drugs it starts off like her dad dies of cancer um her little sister finds her overdose and she nearly dies goes to rehab comes back um and is supposed to be getting clean but like she is not getting clean at all she's still taking drugs like she's best friends with her drug dealer which probably doesn't help and then there's this new girl who um moves in called Jules and yeah they become friends and I guess she starts almost putting like placing her sobriety on Jules because like of their friendship but yeah that's essentially the plot and there's other things going on with the other characters who they're friends with and everyone just moves mad 
Yeah, and and season two has just come out. I think there are three episodes out so far, but it's just as chaotic as the last season. And I wasn't emotionally prepared for it. Like it's a very stressful show to watch. And it's weird because I'm thinking back to my teenage years and I feel like we were so tame, but I guess this is reality for some people. And I guess it's good to just see a darker side to teenage life. Listen, these are acting like grown folk, but yeah, it's it's a crazy to see like, yeah, the different perspectives on things like it's i think it's showing on um on now tv if people are like wondering where to watch it i think it comes out on hbo on like the sunday and then it's on now tv on the monday but yeah it is like quite depressing there is stuff to do with like drugs and like mental health issues so yeah that that's your warning but season two they really came back with a bang because the way it started yeah there's this guy called Nate and he's very annoying. We'll come on to him later, but he's, he's he's bad vibes. He's one of those high school jocks. My family run things. Everyone loves me, but he's a dickhead. Like, he's not nice at all. He's a horrible person. But anyways, he gets some comeuppance and he just gets beat in the first episode of season two, like, beat up and... It was so like, wow, this is first episode. This is how we're going. He's just getting his face mashed. But I was also like, you deserve this one. Yeah. Like Nate is a menace to society. Like he had it coming and he got beaten up by Fez. And Fez is like my favorite character. Also, I'm convinced that he's not acting. I'm convinced that they just yell action and he starts improvising because it's too real. But it just, it felt so cathartic and just, it just needed to happen. He yeah. needed to be beaten to a pulp. And he was, because back in season one, he was in a relationship with Maddie, which was a very, very toxic relationship. Yeah. There was even a point at the carnival where he strangled her and there were literal bruises around her neck from how aggressive he was with her. Yeah. Um, and he was just doing so many things. I'm like, how are you How are you getting away with this? There's a point where he frames um, another guy for strangling Maddie and gets basically blackmails him. Well, firstly, he beats him up. Yeah. And then he blackmails him to go to the police station and basically confess to a crime he didn't commit. Then he blackmails Jules and gets her to uh, to basically go to the police as well and confirm that she saw something that didn't happen. He is just like one of the worst characters I've ever witnessed on a TV show. Yeah. And he needed to be beaten up. Without a shadow of a doubt. Like, I know he's an actor, but I don't I don't like him anymore. I don't like him as a I don't like his face. Like, everything this man has done is completely tarnished because of this character and I think it probably doesn't help that his real name is Jacob and his character is called Nate Jacobs it all feels too real to me it's too real he's too good at playing this character no I was literally um I was watching Euphoria interviews um and the actor who played Nate popped up and started talking. I said, I can't, I can't watch you. I can't, I cannot watch this in good faith. You are a bad man. You act a little bit too well. I'm sure he's a love, actually, he might be a lovely person, but yeah, his character is very, very easy to dislike, which I guess he's doing a good job. But let me, Fez, Fez is the name of the, so he's the drug dealer, right, in all of this. And he's probably the best person in the show, which says a lot. Like, the drug dealer is your favourite character because everyone else, you're just like, well, what are you doing? Um, Fez, Fez is lovely. He's there for his friends. He's there for his family. His little brother, Ashtray, that kid looks like he's nine years old. He's got a face tat. <laughs> he's, he's always got a gun in hand. He's like, he's like the gunman. So, like, obviously, they're drug dealers. So when people come 
to their house he obviously has to be like on on the defense but i think it was in the last episode i think um season 2 episode 3 where cal nate's dad who has been sleeping around with many people that he should not be <clears throat> including underage people anyways he turns up to fez's house thinking you know he's got a cd or a recording or whatever and Ashtray just beats him the heck up with the gun. And I was here for it. He was like, call the cops then. Boom. Call the cops then. <laughs> to the point where he was bleeding so much, he was having to wipe the blood out of his eyes. Yeah. Like, Ashtray, chill, bro. Chill. <laughs> and also the fact that, you know, this kid looks like he's nine years old as well. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. I love him. It's so good. It's so good. Also, like, what did, what did Cal go there thinking was going to happen? Like, what was he expecting? I would love to know because the episode before he turns up to like their convenience shop and it looks, we know he's got a gun because like we see it and he looks like he's there to intimidate them. But it's like, sir, they know what you've done. So who were you trying to intimidate? He's like, I just want to know what happened to Nate. First of all, he goes there because like Fez beats up Nate. And so Mm -hmm. I don't know if he wants some kind of like payback or revenge, but then yeah, he finds out about, this CD of him that's gone missing. He thinks Fez has it. And it's like, fam, they know all this dirt on you. What did you think was going to happen when you turn up to their house? What were you expecting? Yeah. And he's telling everyone his business like, oh yeah, there's a recording of me. They're like, what recording? <laughs> As well? Like, he's just out in himself. Exactly. At that point, when they say which recording, that's the point where you go, do you know what? It doesn't matter. Let me just stop my sentence there. But no, he continued to incriminate himself. I was like, what are you actually doing? You're so unintelligent. But even in the first place, like he is. um, So, yeah, Cal is Nate's dad. He's a middle aged man and he is very messed up. He basically sleeps with boys. And when I say boys, I mean children like young kids he also sleeps with Jules who is underage like we said and for some reason he records all of these interactions and then puts them on CDs and keeps the CDs in a drawer that is very accessible like why would you even do that literally it's he's like extremely meticulous about it so like he's recording these people like without their permission um Jules is like an underage trans girl but yeah he does a lot of like really sick stuff and he doesn't know that his son Nate knows about this and like has been knowing since he was a kid and has actually watched the videos as well like sir this is your family home and what's worse is he's supposed to be like this upstanding man in the community but that whole family bad vibes like father like son and then in season one Nate tries to blackmail Jules and so he like catfishes her pretend- pretending to be like someone who's interested online and then they meet up and she finds out it's him and he's like, yo, don't tell anyone about this thing that you did with my dad. And it it just gets very, very messy, but they're not nice people. No, but even on um, the episode where they kind of do a deep dive um, on Nate and go back into his past, when he was a kid and he found those tapes, I was like, why are you watching your dad doing this? That is so weird. And he just go on to the next tape and the next tape, I'm like, that is your dad hooking up with children. What are you doing? Is that not weird? Are there not alarm bells going off in your head? No, and then to not tell anyone, I don't know, like kid psychology, I don't know, but there wasn't even a, a flinch. It was... I, I, I don't I don't know what you would I feel like someone would do you know have reactions other kind of what, what is this no dad say something but this kid was just, he was just watching it he was just watching it he had no but, reaction no reactions as if it was like nothing but I guess that kind of explains like the character he has become because 
he is like sadistic and he doesn't really care about yeah it, it makes sense yeah and he has a lot of like pent-up anger and frustration that he just takes up on every single person in his life he's just the most aggressive character I think he needs therapy I think that would solve a lot for him I need him to be to be like punished I need jail time or something for him because he does a lot of stuff and he just gets away with it because you know his pretty looks or the fact that he's the the quarterback or the fact that his family is like well known and upstanding all this I'm just, I need this man to feel some kind of punishment which is why I I did kind of revel when um Fez beat the crap out of him but I need I need more bad things to happen yeah to Nate can also can we just take a minute to talk about the Nate Maddie Cassie situation yeah. because <laughs> how did we get here Nate and Maddie have been dating since day since day sorry they have been together for a hot minute they've had a very hot and cold up and down rocky relationship and in season two they decide to break up right it's been three weeks and Cassie who is Maddie's best friend decides to start hooking up with Nate why would she do this it's the fact that you know she um Cassie sorry has already just come from like a tumultuous (laughs) relationship um with with McKay and she's one of those people who, who've, like, constantly been in relationships. So, so, like, from one to the other, she constantly feels the need to be loved. And she's never been, like, single or by herself. And after she breaks up with McKay, because, like, yeah, stuff happens with them in, like, season one. She's like, yeah, I think I'm just going to be single for a while. But this girl does not know how to be Like, she doesn't. She just craves love. She craves attention. She's a nice, but she craves it. And so when... I think Nate just so happens to pull up and like drives her somewhere and it's like instantly she's fallen in love. She's one of those. And like, this is not a good idea. You're at a party. You guys are having sex in the bathroom. Her and Nate, by the way. Maddie's on the other side trying to get into the bathroom. That. Her her man, her ex-man and her best friend are in doing bits. And it's like, you man ain't smart. There's no window. She can't get out. She's lying in the bathtub. Maddie's having a piss. She doesn't know she's there. Messy. And then a phone goes off. It's just so complicated. What is so confusing to me, though, I'm like, for one, that's your best friend, right? And the thing with Maddie is, as toxic as the relationship was, she's still in love with Nate and she's still confiding in Cassie about how much she loves Nate. So for Cassie to be going, like, and and actively pursuing Nate, dressing up for him, she was waking up at 4am so she could doll herself up to look good for Nate and hook up with him, knowing that her best friend is still in love with him. It's just so messy. Like, where's the loyalty? I don't understand. Like, why is everyone so attracted to Nate? He's a horrible person. Like, And the thing is, Cassie knows exactly how she treated Maddie. Um, they saw it all the time. The fact that they were on, off, on, off. Everyone knows it's a toxic relationship. Everyone knows, like, he's, you know, verbally and, like, physically abusive. So what about that and that situation is appealing to Cassie to be like, do you know what? My best friend went through all of that and I watched it. What, What is so appealing? Why do you think you'll be any different? Exactly. And even in the short time they've been together, he's not even treating her well. She's He's not even giving her the time of day in the hallways. Like, so clearly... Why is she, what is she getting out of this situation? But I have a question for you. Do you ever think in any kind of situation it's ever okay to go after your best friend's ex? No. <laughs> okay, let's say, let's say they've been dating. Let's say they're not right for each other. They're not compatible. You catch feelings for him somewhere along the way and they break up. Do you not feel like... You can't be catching feelings for anyone whilst they're together. You can't. Yes, you can. <laughs> do it. You, you can. can. You can't. <laughs> 
<laughs> you can. You can. You can't. You can't do it. You should not, not. You should not be catching feelings for anyone's man whilst they're together. It's not possible. That is been and done. Find another man. There are plenty millions of them on this earth. You have to find another one. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like that's your best friend. There are seven billion people on this earth. There are other men. I don't know. It just looks or feels fishy as well. It's like okay, so the whole time we we're together, were you just you just fancied him? So you were just plotting this whole time, and then oh, the moment we break up, you're just in there. I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't feel correct at all. And if it maybe it'd be slightly different if you know this was a great guy and he really had some redeeming qualities, but he's not. It's Nate. Like yeah. is that exactly. Nate? He's not even a nice person. So why are you going to risk? This really good friendship that you have, your best friend, for what? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's also like, we know what Maddie is like. Maddie is unhinged. So as soon as she finds out, what is she going to do? Listen, Maddie doesn't play when it comes to Nate. Even if they are not together, she could be married. She she could be married to someone else. Listen, no one can have Nate. That yeah. one you can't touch. Yeah. We'll kill for Nate. I'm sure of it. Yeah, I'm praying for Cassie because it's not going to end well for her this season. That's the weird thing about, like, they have such a toxic relationship where they're, they're so possessive over each other. And this is why, like, he ended up, um, like, beating up that other guy. So essentially, like, in season one, Nate and Maddie had broken up, but they were both at this party, both trying to make each other jealous. So Maddie hooked up with um, this guy in, in, like, the swimming pool. It was consensual, but obviously, like, Nate did not like that. So he tracked this guy down. Um, beat the crap out of him and kept being like you raped her raped her admit you raped her and he was like dude no like it was consensual like she came on to me if anything and Nate just couldn't get it in his head that like Maddie had been with someone else so just like literally beat the crap out of this guy and then was like yeah if you don't admit to also strangling her at the yeah. car I'm gonna go tell the police that you raped her. which is crazy literally crazy yeah and he got away with it somehow and it was so sad because he obviously beat this guy so badly that he was in a neck brace he couldn't see out of one of his eyes and on top of that he was blackmailing him and he had to go and admit to something that he didn't do and there are never any repercussions for Nate it's like how many lives does this guy have I know it's it's not on at all yeah yeah and I feel like every conversation Nate had with McKay about Cassie was also just so toxic man and McKay is too impressionable. Like, he takes everything Nate says so literally and then his behaviour changes to Cassie. I'm like, what is wrong with these people? I know, because, like, when when him and Cassie started dating, he was, like, so polite. He was, like, such a gentleman and so sweet. And then I guess, like, Nate and his other friends, like, found a video of, like, Cassie and they were like, oh, she's a whore, she does this. And then it completely just changed the way he started treating her. But I think it was that first episode of season two like McKay comes back from college and they're at the thing is it like a new year's eve party or something and it's just like oh it actually makes me it actually makes me sick physically sick what he's done but he's asking like all these really intrusive questions about like him and Cassie and McKay's like like dude stop like dude stop and Nate's just still going I'm like I would be swinging at that point he needs yeah needs to be like a fan I'd be swinging because he's like berating him being like oh what does she do does she do this I bet she likes like this like over oh, him yeah. as well and how is how are you calling this guy your friend it's not making sense yeah also like McKay was visibly uncomfortable so why did he continue like Nate just can't read social cues he right. just doesn't care about anyone but himself but even yeah to say that about your best friend's girlfriend 
and to not care about the repercussions. He there are so many things wrong with that man. It's not even a man; he's a child. He's a very sick, twisted person. But yeah. you know, what? coming back to the, I don't even know if we can call you know like Rude the main character because a lot does happen like with all the other characters, like quite a substantial amount. But I don't understand how, like, how is she? How does she afford all these drugs? Because she's on it all the time like she is never sober but she's also what, like 17 does not have a job her mum definitely ain't given her any peas yeah but i don't know if you know her being friends with fez the drug dealer is probably how she used to get them a lot in season in season one but he yeah. seems to now be like yeah i'm not giving you anything else but she yeah she's she always does all the time how well, yeah because i know in season one fez would spot her a lot um and i wonder if her new friend elliot maybe gives her drugs I don't know but yeah she's always high I'm like where are you getting this from but also can we talk about Rue's mum <laughs> because what's what's going on there Rue has not been sober for one second of season two and her mum's acting like everything's okay there was even a point where Ali Rue's sponsor took Rue home introduced himself to Rue's mum and Rue's mum asked Ali if Rue was doing well do you not live with her do we not live under the same roof? Why are you asking Ali how your daughter is doing when you live in the same house as her? It's just, it's, 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 she's given her too much freedom and it's very annoying to watch. And it was the fact that, you know, Ali did not give a straight answer. She was like, so how's Ru? She's doing well, isn't she? And he went, ah. <laughs> he said, he said, she's got a lot of work to do. <laughs> he said, She's got a lot of work to do, and her it just that just went over her head. Went like, okay. over her head. Cool. She was like, "Cool." Every she's time she's talking about, "Oh yeah, I'm so proud of her. She's doing so well." Have you looked at your daughter? She does not look like a sober person. She is high all the time. Twenty four. <laughs> it was when um in season one, yeah. So after she comes back from rehab, her mom like makes her do all these like drug tests where she's got to like piss in a um. A little cup and mum will test it and this girl will go and ask her friends to piss in something and then attach it to her like the length she would go to still be on drugs is mad but the fact that her mum also did not clock and I don't know if she's not watching her that one time where she you know gave herself a UTI from not going to the bathroom and just locked yeah. herself in the room for about 72 hours is this not strange behavior you know but it's also like Rue has just too much freedom she's constantly out riding her bike going anywhere if I was her mom I would at the very least be escorting her to and from her friend's house in fact I would have find my friends and I'll be tracking her every move like why is she just allowed to roam freely right when she's really on drugs and her behavior is very erratic extremely erratic and it's just the fact that you know on a whim she'll just decide to stay at Jules's house me what a black mother you think I'm just gonna pull up to someone's yard yeah at midnight Do you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stay here for the night no my mm. ass needs to be back home at 10 30 at the latest <laughs> what exactly because even this is what this is what's annoying even her sister Gia noticed that Rue was high listen so how can her mum not join the dots Gia is more of a mum than the mum like Gia is like, you're hired. She she spots everything. She's like, where were you? You did this. I thought you said you were going to quit. Gia holds her accountable. Gia holds her yeah. accountable. Mum, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> you're right. And she's always talking about, oh, she's just doing so well. Like, look at her. Look at her go. I'm so proud. Proud of what? Proud of what? She has been high every day since she's come out of rehab. It was what are we proud of? 
<laughs> it was when the mum clocks her in like on you know like oh, wearing a blazer and she goes is that my blazer and she goes yeah not knowing full well that she Rue your daughter has just come back from doing a drug deal and she's got about 10k worth of different types of drugs in her suitcase which she's just dragging in the house again this whole idea I don't understand first isn't like the first rule of being a drug dealer is don't get high if you're in supply yes, <laughs> yes come on now <laughs> Rue said, you know she said, I need a way where I can get drugs for free. So let me go to big, big drug dealers who are going to, you know, kidnap and kill people and all that kind of stuff. Let me get them to spot me 10K worth of drugs. This is a 17-year-old. 10K worth, and she just brings it home in a little suitcase as if her suitcase can't get jacked in her home where, you know, her mum's supposed to be looking through her. I don't know. I don't know where this is going to go for Rue, but I don't see it anywhere. It's not gonna Emma. Rue really just said I need to get high by any means necessary. And I'm just also, also, I'm sorry, if your daughter who has a history of taking drugs somehow steals your clothes, ties their hair back, comes home with a suitcase, a suspicious suitcase, do you not think at any point you go, What's in the case? What's in the case? Why are you dressed like this? What's in the case? There are so many questions that just needed to be asked that the mum just chose not to. I don't understand how she can be that naive maybe she just wants to believe that everything's fine but it's not fine it's very weird because like does, does she even like check on her does she look at the state of her room i would be doing routine checks everywhere for drugs because it just seems like she just keeps them laying around and it's like that you've gone to all the effort to go through the rehab the whole 60 days she wasn't even sober in rehab that's what's mad <laughs> i don't i don't know what else she needs to go through yeah but for her to stop because i don't know apparently she's got all these other like underlying issues like anxiety and panic attacks and all this other stuff so i think from a young age like she has been on prescribed medication and then i don't know where the turning point or where that switch just flicked but and she went on to the hard stuff but no it was in season one yeah <laughs> she's like banging on fez's door for him to give her drugs and he's like no like you need to go there's a Big time drug dealer about to oh. come in. You know, he's the supplier. He's like, Rue, you need to leave. And she's like, no, 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 I won't leave until you give me some drugs. I won't even. And it's like, Rue, you need to go. This man don't play any games. Anyways, big man arrives. Mouse. He's a big man called Mouse. Face tats and everything. Bald head. Yeah, this man is serious. And he's like, oh, so you want to be here? Yeah, try this new thing. And she's like, no, no, I don't want to. He's like, try this new thing called like fentanyl or whatever. Bear strong. And it's like, yes, it's when they told you to go, you didn't want to go. Now now look at you, you're crying, saying you want to leave now. now. Exactly. She had so much to say to Fez when he was telling her to get out. Suddenly, Mouse is questioning her. She has nothing to say. She's looking over to Fez like, can you help me? Speak for me. Help me. <laughs> you had so many opportunities to leave. Don't look to Fez now. Fez said, I can't do anything for you here. She was moving. Shut. And she was like, do you know what? I'm just going to go. Mm-mm, it's too late. And it's the fact that that's happened on multiple times. Come season two, exact same thing. Yeah, everyone, everyone get naked. She's like, excuse me? <laughs> you know, I think I'm just going to step out. And they're like, no. It's like she doesn't learn. She does not learn her lessons. That's the thing. And I'm just like, now she's like joined forces with this supplier and now she's got all these drugs to sell. I just don't see this ending well for her. I genuinely think for one, she's going to snort every last thing in that suitcase. And it's not going to end well because that supplier is on smoke and she will hunt her down and she will hurt her. So I'm concerned for Rue. Yeah, I I think she'll either like, OD again or just straight up die she'll hide the stash somewhere else they won't be able to find it and then yeah the big 
gangsters are going to come after her. Because her plan was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get, like, um, you know, she, she was going to get her friends to sell it. I don't know which one of them I see selling any drugs. I don't know yeah. if she actually intends to do it or she just wanted, you know, a nice, comfy supply for her. But I do not see this ending well. I also don't understand why she still goes to, like, um, what's it, uh, Addicts Anonymous. <sighs> Like she's I, I why what are we doing well, yeah. it's like who are we kidding like we know you're high you know you're high you don't plan on stopping drugs so what are we doing here yeah what's going on i just feel so bad for ali because he's like the one good influence she has and i feel like she's slowly burning that bridge yeah she's just very disrespectful to be yeah. genuinely trying to help her and she literally doesn't give a crap no. I think um I can't remember if I read it somewhere, but I think like Rue's character is almost supposed to like represent the the director or producer like Sam Levinson, who um like as a teenager like suffered like being a drug drug addict. So I don't know if it, if her character is like based on him directly, but there may be like some sort sort of crossover with that. Yeah. But I also I'm interested to see like how her relationship with Jules will progress because in season one like it seemed quite good but I think Rue's sobriety was very much like hanging on on like Jules and like Jules being you know the good energy and the the person that would almost make her feel as if she was higher but being completely sober so I think she put a lot of her sobriety in Jules and then when Jules like left or you know said it was a bit too much then she went off the rails again now Mm -hmm. it seems like they're actually like properly going to go for it like try being in a relationship but again I don't know they just seem like two very different people in my opinion definitely and it's a lot of pressure to put on someone and you just know that if something goes wrong in their relationship that's going to have such a negative impact on Rue and she's probably going to spiral and that must be so scary for Jules to know that she has that kind of power on her yeah and now Elliot coming into the act because Jules thinks that you know Rue's clean or that she's not doing the hard stuff Rue is very much high all the time and now that she's met this kid Elliot who also likes being high all the time and is giving her drugs and they've got this weird little friendship Jules doesn't trust him thinks that he's got a crush on Rue but Rue seems to like Jules but she likes Elliot as well because he's the one giving her the drugs and this little triangle here is not gonna work out also in in season two, episode three, it kind of seemed like Elliot was hitting on Jules. I was like, what's going on here? It's like, what, what, what's happening right now? He, he made some points as well. He was just like, you and Rue are so different. Like she's very asexual. Whereas you, you're like, you know, outgoing and all of this. And Rue is the complete opposite. He was like, yeah, I don't see that. Like you deserve to be loved the way you, you want to be loved. And he was like, I don't know if Rue's on that. And I was like, oh, is he trying it with her too? Yeah, yeah. So this is going to be very, very messy. This is going to be very messy. I low-key wonder if, because I was thinking about how I was thinking um, season two was going to end. And I low-key wonder if Rue is going to just go off the rails, push everyone away. I wonder if Jules is going to finally realise that Rue is high. Yeah. Maybe end that relationship. And then maybe Jules and Elliot are going to be a thing. I think so. Like, I, I don't, see Jules and Rue being like long term because I don't know there's no trust like Rue's just like flat out just lying to her like all the time and yeah yeah, they do seem 
very very different in two completely different headspaces and it's like Rue loves the drugs too much honestly she loves it more, more than anything else so yeah I see that sort of collapsing and now that she's in it big time like hardcore with the 10k and all these drugs yeah it's a downward spiral from it she was already on a downward spiral but it's definitely like downward downward spiral now like that was a hefty suitcase and it was full to the brim and I, I just I just don't see Rue setting up a successful drug dealing business where they're distributing everything in the suitcase I think she is going to snort most of it I really do yeah I, I don't know what's there for her but uh, do you know what another great thing about this show is it's the outfits it's the <gasps> outfits like Maddie is a style icon just just her outfits even everyone else is like met Maddie is is where it's at this chick will have her edges laid curled it could be you know just a random basic average day at school and she is dressed to the nines to the nines no I want her whole wardrobe I need to know how to do my makeup like her her hairstyle everything she never misses and I was in um don't be mad at me because I know I'm not meant to be shopping but I was in Bershka the other day yeah because they had a sale they had a sale I had to I had to go and have a look you see um and they had these trousers they were like high-waisted leggings that were I flared. know I know the exact I know the exact yeah thing. and they kind of had like cutouts um around the waist and there was even a bit of glitter involved and I said this is very Maddie and I might have to purchase these just so I can look like her it is it was the episode where, like, Cassie, she's tr- she's trying to get Nate's attention and, like, every day she's, like, spending three hours getting ready for school and it's the day where she's dressed exactly like Maddie. <laughs> like, the little the little kitten heels, the 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 trousers with the flares, the high yeah. waist, the little cutout. It's even got the little crimp at the back. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, it's and it's the one day where Nate actually, you know, looks at her or acknowledges her and then Maddie just turns up and she's like, they're just staring at each other. It's so hilarious. <laughs> it's like the Spider-Man meme where they're all pointing at each other. Exactly. Yeah, it's so awkward. It's so awkward. And Cassie just runs away. I'm like, this is not this is not going to end well. That's the really awkward thing about Nate and Maddie. I feel like they're always going to be drawn to each other. And even at the end of the episode, Nate goes and visits Maddie and gives her flowers. So the joke's on you, Cassie, because they're not breaking up anytime soon. I didn't, I didn't understand that because every week... He's hooking up with Cassie. But today of all days, you're like, Maddie, I'm going to bring flowers. What? I don't understand this guy. I don't, I, I don't even think he understands what he's doing and why he's doing it. Just straight vibes. Like, even knowing that you have the potential to break up this friendship and not even caring about that and just going back and forth between the two, playing with both of their feelings, he just doesn't care. That is the last thing on his mind. That is the, it, This man does not care about anyone whatsoever. He doesn't care that he's, you know, stringing Cassie along. I don't know. Again, in her head, you know, this is love. But for him, it's like, cool, we're going to hook up once a week and then I'm never going to speak to you in school or during... It's like, what, what? where do you think this is going, Cassie? Where do you think this is? It's not a healthy relationship. Everyone in this show just needs to break up whatever they're in and find healthy relationships or be single because everyone is toxic. Everyone. everyone. I've never watched a show where every single character is so problematic. I think, I think they all need to be single. They all need to go on a journey of self-discovery and self-love because this is very messy behaviour. Except for Lexi. Lexi and Fez, that moment they had in the first episode was so pure. And I was like, what what happened? 
<laughs> like that that absolutely needs to happen. They're literally like somehow, yeah, they're the best characters in the show. They're my favorites somehow. Like they need to be together. Oh, they'd be great. They'd be so wise. Everyone would go to them for advice. They're just so cute. And I do feel like Lexi needs to be more of a main character because she is really interesting. She does. She does. She needs she needs to inject some of that main character syndrome. Yes, yes. In her and Fez, I, I'm shipping it so hard. And so the next show that we're going to talk about is Money Heist. So I guess this is going to be like a combo between, you know, season four or part four and part five. But they do another heist. Um, You start to wonder, like, when is enough enough? Because clearly these lot don't like staying on their islands with all the money that they've already made. They said, no, let's go back for more. We want the gold this time. All of all of Spain's gold. Let's go back for that and put everybody's life at risk again. And I'm like, why? Do you know what's mad, right? When you're watching season one and season two, it's so stressful. You're like, there is no way the professor and the gang are going to get away. There's no way. And then by some sheer miracle, somehow they get away. They get the money. They all travel to different islands in pairs. They have done it. Like they've actually completed the goal. And you just think that would be a perfect ending for the show because they've actually done what they've set out to do. But no, Rio ends up getting himself caught because he tries to call Tokyo. He ends up being tortured. And then the professor goes, hmm, how do we get Rio back? I know, let's do another heist as if that's the logical thing to do. But they go, yeah, you know what? Let's take over the Bank of Spain. And it's just so chaotic. Like they do get Rio back, but like at what costs, you know? I start to get confused about how many heists there there have been because obviously it's split into like five parts and then things continue on from like different different parts. So have there only been two heists? The first one was was what? A bank and then Roman. The okay, moment was, was yeah. and then the second one is is the Bank of Spain. Bank of Spain, yeah. There's only been two, but they just stretched them out so long that they feel like several heists. They really know how to stretch this thing out, and I think it's it starts with um yeah. So there's like Tamayo, the chief. Well, no, let's even go back because in the first heist, it was um she's now called Lisbon, but she started off being <laughs> the chief who was supposed to who was supposed to catch the criminals who were breaking into the bank. Somehow, somewhere, instead of killing the professor when she finds out it's him, they fall in love. <laughs> she destroys the heist. <laughs> like, Raquel, you had one job. You had one job. What are you doing? Oh, <laughs> You're very confused right now, Raquel. It was so... I'm just like, how has the professor done that? Unless he wrote it into his plan that the chief who's supposed to be catching us is going to fall in love with me and then we're going to make it work. I don't know. I don't know. He was supposed to be dead and gone over in part one. Somehow, somewhere, Raquel joins. She's now Lisbon. She's now (laughs) in the second part of the heist, the one for the bank. All of this is going on. People are dying. Great character done. Fam, we should have ended it when we lost Nairobi, okay? We should have ended it. They, why would they do that? Like, let's let's just let's just rewind to season one where we lost we lost Oslo, oh. we lost Moscow, Moscow, and we and we lost Berlin. Oh. Was that not enough carnage for one show? It was the fact that Nairobi already danced with death when she got um 
They shot her in the lung, didn't they? And then she nearly died. They fixed her collapsed lung whilst they were in the bank or the mint. Yeah? Yeah. Her back to health. And then she gets shot again by the same person that they let through. The little black ops annoying guy or whatever his name is. (laughs) Gandia. And it was so peak because, like you said, she'd been shot in her lung. Gandia even shot her in her hand at one point. And tied her up behind a door. And then he shoots her in her forehead. It's like, of all the places. Because if it's in the abdomen or in the leg, you can go, okay, maybe she'll survive this. Maybe she'll be okay. But in the forehead, she was just gone. She was out like a light. There was no hope. And what was worse is they had Gandia, you know, tied up. Because he was like the head security of of the Bank of Spain. They had him caught, had him tied up. And then, um, what's his name? The one who, who let him go. Palermo, bro. Palermo, because he wanted to be the leader and people weren't listening. He said, you know what I'm going to do to show you lot? Let me let Gandia free. Let him go cause some chaos and havoc. And then you lot are going to come back to me and then I'll regain my leadership. So he let Gandia free. And then he went and killed Nairobi. And that's what happened. No, I'm fuming. Nairobi was like the only sane, level-headed one out of all of them as well. She also just had this romance blossoming with Bogota. It was going to be really beautiful. Even the professor promised her that that he would help her have a baby. Like her future was looking bright. And all of a sudden she's got a bullet in her forehead. Yeah, it was really... Fam, she was so nice. Even the hostages liked her. Yeah, she deserves so much better. And then, and uh, and like, genuinely, at that point, I had to stop watching the show for a little yeah. bit. I was like, I'm, I'm grieving. I'm hurt. I'm angry. I'm going through the seven stages of grief. I can't. And then I turned it back on. Two twos. Now, now Tokyo's died. What? Yeah. So what? this one, I don't know. It seemed it seemed too big and too great of a plan because they're trying to get all of the gold out from the Bank of Spain. But what they they're doing they flooded it someone needs to go in and they have to extract it and then they're melting it all down into these pellets once it's all melted into the pellets then they're going to shoot it upstream to where the professor is they're going to collect it there re-melt it and then into blocks and then go but all of this is happening they're forgetting that yeah people are still on them the police are just outside there's this huge raid where they get like proper black ops people who are not going to be following any rules lawless lawlessness i don't even know their names but they're just like all different rogues they break in wreak havoc bear people die tokyo dies but she goes out in like such a boss tokyo way with grenades she's like cool if i'm dying we're all dying and then she kills the bad guys too including gandia yeah yeah she like lets off a grenade that's attached to her and as the bad guys walk over to her, they all blow up in one go. So she dies, but she takes out like five of the bad guys with her, which is a very Tokyo way of dying. It was very on brand for her, but it was just so peak. Like ugh, Tokyo would also, this is what upset me because Tokyo. Yeah. Say that again. I thought, I thought you were going to start talking about Rio and the digging, but go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. We will come to that. We will come to that in just a second. But what upset me is Tokyo is the narrator of the show, right? So when I was watching this, I was thinking she can't die because Tokyo is narrating in the past. Like she's talking about these events in the past. So yeah. that means she has to survive so that she can tell the story. So when she did die, I was like, wait, how did, but she's talking, she's talking. So how can she be dead? So in my head, I was like, there's no way she's going to die. And then she fully died. And it was just, it was very sad. But yeah, 
back to Rio. Rio realized that Tokyo was in danger and he went, I'm going to go and help her. So he grabs like a jackhammer and he starts basically trying to break the ceiling so that he can make a hole and try and help her and climb through the hole where she is. So he starts, yeah, jackhammering like his life depended on it. And he made this little hole. He could see where she was. He poked his hand through. He was like, okay, great. She's right there. And then he stops and they have a little sentimental moment and they start having a little chin wag and talking about feelings. I'm like, why would you stop now? Why is this the point where you would decide to give up? You found her, you've made a hole, you just need to make the hole bigger and then you can save her. Yeah, it was like a long conversation as well. It's like, my dude, like you're so close. Keep digging and you can get her out. But he stops and they're like, oh, no, Rhea, it was always going to end like this. No, you're the love of my life. I will never love anyone more. And it's like, fam, keep digging and you can let her out. But he stopped for a five minute tap and then she died. It's like, why, why? She really, she really was, she d- did a little monologue. She was like, listen, I've lived many lives and today is the first day of your new life. Okay, great but can you keep digging? Like, this is just not the time. It was just too, it was too stressful. It was like, this also could have been prevented. Yeah. And then, heartfelt goodbye. you know who else is like, actually turned out to be one of my favourite characters? It's Alicia Sierra. <laughs> From when she hopped on yet in, I don't know if it was like, season two or whenever, and she was just fully pregnant, boss woman. She said, yeah, Rhea, I'm a torture. <laughs> like, this woman did not give an ec. There was nothing maternal about her. There was no softness. She was like, no, I'm 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 coming in hard. Yeah. <laughs> there was no mess. All the other ones who are making bare mistakes, she's like, listen, I'm gonna keep ten steps ahead of you. And then Tamayo ended up um like scapegoating her and like dragging her name through the martyr. She was like, cool, cool, cool. She had to go into hiding because the police were after her. But while she's still pregnant and she's like, Do you know what? I'm gonna find a professor myself. No one has managed to find the professor. Somehow, Alicia Sierra did it. Pregnant, she pulls up to the professor, gun in hand, like, ooh, got you. And then her waters break. Yeah, but it's the fact that, like, she is so pregnant. Like, she is about to pop and she is really hunting down the professor. At one point, she's torturing the professor for information, shoots him in his foot. She, like, hangs him from some ledge. It's I'm like, but you're, you're about to pop. And then she does pop and she gives birth to a baby and the professor has to help her deliver it. And it's just very, very hectic. And then she has a little baby and she's still being a boss woman with this baby and still trying to make, I don't even know. She's just, she is such a G. I love watching her. She's fantastic. She's like, the fact, obviously I watch it in Spanish, but the way she says things is with a different vim. The way she speaks, it's a different vim. And the red hair, like, it all it all works. But yeah. it's the fact that this woman now has a newborn child, yeah? She's also just gone into labour. The police and everyone are still after her because they think she's committed all these crimes. She's still trying to, you know, be on job and, you know, capture the professor and figure out what they're doing with this high. She's still trying to be on the good side and she has to hide and run with the professor because people are after them. They need to hide in a sofa, all this kind of other stuff. And she's like, listen, we're not friends yet. Like, I'm still after you. Just for the time bit. We're on the run right now, but we're not friends. She's like, don't get too comfortable. Yeah, she's like, don't get it twisted. We are still enemies. But I love her. And I love it when they join forces. Like, I love, I love that gang. Like the professor's team, like they are elite people. And I love that Alicia eventually is one of them. Yeah. Cause when the professor has to like give himself up because their gold gets stolen 
which again is just like seriously he leaves Alicia in charge of like finding the gold and like sorting everything and then they become friends and I'm like oh wow I don't know how he's managed to do it to like two two of the you know superintendents who are in charge of capturing him he manages to either wife or befriend most of them (laughs) he must be really 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 charismatic man but can I just the last two seasons in general were just so stressful there were so many twists and turns even when they were trying to extract the gold after both Nairobi and Tokyo had died it was just so hectic and you just didn't know what was going to happen and they even managed to get the gold out and just when you think everything's okay the police arrive and they get arrested and they take the gold away. And you're like, we were so close. Oh my God, it's over. It's done. Two twos. You realize that it was not the police that arrested them and took the gold. You find out it was Berlin's son who came in and dressed up as police officers and stole and his, gold. And his wife. And, and his, his wife. wife, the one that left him, then he went and linked his son. That The whole time they've been knowing about the whole plan. They just waited until, until, you know, these are completed the heist, got the gold out. And then, yeah, they literally just pulled up like police officers. And it's the fact that the professor and all his men, they had the manpower and like the armory and the weapons. And the, and the professor's like, no, 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 we're not going to go out like this. Everyone put your weapons down. Not knowing it was just five of them dressed up as police officers, stole his money, stole his gold, sorry. And they just cut. Like they could have... They could have overpowered them very easily. But he was like, no, there'll be no more blood on my hands. That was not the time to be noble, Professor. I was pissed. I'm ready for it to end. And then their gold got stolen. I was like, oh my gosh. But no, please, not another plot twist. We were so close to it finishing. And it was just like in season four, I think it was. Um, we were introduced to Berlin's son and we kind of saw their relationship, which was very messy and rocky. And Berlin basically like showed his son the life of heists and showed him how to kind of, yeah, basically be a robber. But the whole way through this series, I was like, why are we, why are we watching this? I was so confused as to why we were being introduced to his son. Like it felt very irrelevant until the last few episodes when the son came back and stole the gold. And I was like, ah, I see what you were doing. That was context. I get it. Yeah. But Berlin shared this, this plan with a lot of people, like a lot of people considering, you know, the gravity, the gravity of said plan. He was telling everyone and I don't know for not a moment he didn't think oh do you know what she's now we're now divorced she's now with my son and they know like the greatest heist I'm about to pull off it yeah that never occurred to him but I still kind of like that Berlin was um still present in the in the following seasons like after he died of like all the death throwbacks and stuff but yeah the whole time I was watching stuff about his son I'm like why are we learning about his son like I, I don't I don't really see the point and then they took off the mask and I was like oh okay I, was like, I get the point now there it is I get it I see <laughs> it makes sense yeah it's a good point though because I genuinely forgot that Berlin was dead because he was in it so much yeah. I was like oh yeah Berlin he's just he's just chilling in Copenhagen with his son yeah like some of those episodes are like Berlin spin-offs um <laughs> and also like when the when the professor eventually like turned up to the bank to like hand himself in they were all there and they didn't have the gold I was like this this must be the end like I can't see any way out for them you know Tamaya could easily just kill them then and there if he's not trying to find this gold they don't have the gold like what's their leverage and somehow Alicia manages to find it manages to convince um, Berlin's son and his ex to yeah give them give them the gold or like split it 
And he also manages to convince Tamayo, like, yeah, you just keep these fake ones here, the ones that are brass, and just spray paint and go, no one will know. Like, the stock markets are going to rise. No one will know. How will they know? How would they know? He's like, let me run off with the real gold. I completed the heist. Just let me have this one. You might keep the fake one. No one's going to know. And the fact that he agrees. <sighs> like, genuinely, his whole plan was based on Tamayo agreeing. What if he just said no? I'll say, you don't have the gold. Uh, no one has the gold. Boom. Dead. Yeah, done. Now what? Now what are we doing? Or, or even fine. I'll keep the fake gold. I'm still going to kill you. No one gets to enjoy the real gold. I'll keep exactly. the fake one. The stock market. No one gets to enjoy the real one. <laughs> Literally, though, like, it was a very risky thing to do. Like, he really could have just turned around and just killed them on the spot. And no one would know. <sighs> yeah, that was very... Very, very, very stressful. Like, I'm so glad they got away. But a part of me was thinking, like, how are they going to go and live their normal lives? Because their faces have been plastered on the news worldwide. Oh, 100%. 100%. And also, there's, like, this one loose end that didn't really make sense to me. And it's a fact that, so, Berlin's son and, you know, the ex-wife, they have the goal. They've, like, hidden it. Alicia Sierra manages to find it, but then they turn up and it's all guns pointed. And somehow, I don't know, the professor wrote one note that he gives to Berlin's son. And mm. then suddenly they're like, cool, fine, yeah, we'll share all the gold. Let them have it. And I'm like, excuse me? Like, yeah. that didn't make sense because they went to all this effort to steal it from you. Why now are they just going to give it back? But they never show what was in the note. Like, I'm yeah. thinking if they've gone to all this effort to, like, steal it, what could possibly just make them be like, yeah, do you know what, let's split it. 12 ways instead of just keeping yeah. it Yeah, because I'm sure he would have said something about Berlin, but I'm like, what could he have actually said to make them just hand over all of the gold? Like, what could have possibly been on that note? I feel like we should have seen it, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, because now I'm just bare confused. Yeah, 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 I, I agree. I was like, what? Like, because, yeah, for them to be, like, watching on the sidelines as this heist is taking place, and then for them to go out of their way, dress up as policemen, steal all this gold, bury it under some house, and then be like, yeah, do you know what? Yeah, you take your gold back. Like, what could possibly have been said to make them do that? I don't know, but it's now just, like, massive question mark over the head. Yeah, but, yeah, they've said there isn't going to be any more money heist, which, actually, I'm glad about, because I don't know how they could make another season. Um, I, yeah, it was enough. I was thinking, yeah, three parts is enough. They made it five. This is, I'm okay with this. This is fine. They did well. Yeah. I just need the director to just release a photo of the note that the professor gave to Berlin Sun because that that's all I need to know and I'll be very happy. Yeah, I think that would tie it up because now it's like room for, uh, yeah, I don't know. What would, because he looked at it and he just looked at it instantly and was like, yeah, cool, I trust him. We'll split it. Yeah, he was like, okay, bet, take the gold. What could it possibly have said? I don't know. I do feel like it was something, it had to be, it had to be to do with Berlin, but it they weren't be. even close like that. Like, they were, that's they the thing. Even... Man came into his life and realised he had a son and the son was already like 28. Yeah. <laughs> he was a fully grown man when, you know, Berlin came into his life and yeah. very swiftly left after, you know, he, he then stole his dad's wife. So, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what happened there, but I'm very curious. Yeah. It, that was odd, though, because there was a point where Berlin was giving his son advice and he was like, anything you want in this life, you have to take it. If it belongs to someone else, you have to take it. And then his son went and took his wife. And I was like, well, he did take your advice. What can you yeah. say? And then it was like, yeah, do you know what? Fair play. Fine. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> 
I was like, yeah, you kind of you kind of had that one coming, Belen. I can't even lie. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, last but certainly not least, we have to talk about Sex Education season three. And I genuinely really like this season. It started off a bit slow, but yeah. I got really into it. And I think my favorite storyline and my favorite part of this season was Maeve and Amy's friendship like it was just so wholesome obviously Maeve has a really like difficult relationship with her mum who was a drug addict and there was a really cute moment where Amy was like my mum has money but she can be a bit crap too maybe we should be each other's mums and she was like yeah that'd be great I was like this is so cute like I just love these kind of friendships it was just so wholesome yeah I do remember that bit and that was really nice because like you said Maeve is clearly going through like quite a lot of issues but she's not good at asking for help at all yeah. and I think just Amy can sort of like sense when she does need like a little pick me up so yeah having those two like looking out for each other and you know having each other's back even when like um when Amy was going through stuff in like I think it was series two where um she gets like sexually assaulted on, on, on the bus or something and like Maeve is is properly there for her and even when she's like in the relationship with her boyfriend but it doesn't seem very healthy and it doesn't seem like she really wants to be in it anymore it's just like those two always have each other's back which is really lovely yeah yeah and they seem to have like a really obviously they have their ups and downs but they seem to have a really like healthy friendship and they just support each other even when they can't ask for help which is just really cute um and I'm glad they have each other because they need it yeah and it's what else happened oh yeah the new teacher and new principal, Hope, she started off like, yeah, I came to this school. I'm one of you lot. She sat with her legs crossed on the stage during assembly. She was like, yeah, we're the same. We're age mates plus, like, I don't know, 10 years. She came in with the cool energy like, yeah, I'm here to listen to everyone's voice. All for one, one for all. She was worse. She was so bad. She was like, yeah, any form of creativity, self-expression, we're getting rid of that. Um, anything to for people to, you know, differentiate and feel unique, we're getting rid of that. Everyone's wearing uniforms. If you're a girl, you're wearing this uniform. If you're a guy, right? She was like, there's no gender fluidity here. She was like, you have to wear this. You have to wear that. You need to be more like her. You need to be more like him. And it was, it was painful. And then the bit where she made, um, was it like Cal and Adam? and oh and Lily on the stage (gasps) and get on the stage and like obviously Lily's super into you know like her space and all her stories and she wrote like just really like painful derogatory things on this like piece of cardboard and they had to like wear it around their neck the whole day at school and no one was allowed to talk to them it was so alienating and I was like yeah this is some kind of sick twisted Thing that's going and she's the principal of the school like it yeah. it was crazy it was like some kind like, of make kids literally wear like a placard of shame and wear it around it just felt like a really medieval form of punishment yeah. like it was so odd and yeah when she came in and she was like I'm bright I'm bubbly I'm young it was the kind of like fake woke energy that she that's came it. in with was so bad like yeah we're, we're one and the same everything's good come to me if you have any problems and she was she was dreadful and I've never really understood why teachers have such an issue with like identity expression or just different hairstyles or different makeup and like how is that affecting anyone's education yeah like, what is it for you if someone wears glitter around their eyes yeah it was it was yeah quite painful to watch actually going 
because it was all, you know, like colourful and fun before and everyone was able to express themselves and, you know, like be their true selves and be super creative. And then obviously this is uh, like a stylistic choice, but when she came in, she introduced the uniform. Everything just went great. Like everything was in grayscale. It was great uniform. Everyone's sad, unhappy. Like the mood definitely changed. But it was when... um. I can't remember the names of the characters, but there's this one girl and I think she's, um, she's like, uh, she doesn't identify as as a gender. Well, I just called her a girl. So that. Oh, cow. Um, no, not cow. There's another, there's another person. And I guess she like, she conforms to the uniform and hopes like, cow, why can't you be more like her? And she like miss, mispronounces their pronoun. I, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I think her name's Layla. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The um, the like half shaved head, but yeah, Hope was like, you need to like, if they can do this and they can conform to this, like, why can't you? And all this, and it was just really, really yeah. crappy how she treated Cal. Yeah, it was horrible. There was even a point. I think it was. I think they had an open day or something, um, and Cal. Um, yeah, didn't wear the uniform that Hope wanted her to wear. So she locks her in a room so that no one can see her. I'm like, this feels illegal. Yeah, and then Cal had to like climb through a vent. It was so bad. It was so bad. Yeah. Even the way Hope like built this kind of fake relationship or friendship with Vivian, who was um she had girl, I think she was her girl. Yeah. Um, and she was basically like taking advantage of her or kind of using her to almost spy on the rest of the school and give her information. It's like, what are you doing? Well, um, the other guy was actually head boy and then Hope gave it to Vivian because, I don't know, I guess she just didn't like his his opinion. So she was like, oh yeah, Vivian will do it. And then, um, oh, what's his name? Black guy who was like the swimmer and went out with Jackson. Him. Jackson, yeah. So initially Jackson was always head boy, but he was a bit too outspoken and Hope didn't like that he was outspoken. So then he gave it to Vivian and Jackson was like, Vivian, what are you doing? And she was like, it will look really good on my on my UCAS form or something. I was like, Vivian, no, don't do it. There were so many red flags there. Yeah, eventually they they came through. But yeah, Hope was bad, bad vibes. I'm like, who who hurt you? Like, Why are you taking everything out on the kids it was a bad energy she was like yeah let's cover everything up the shed that people she was like yeah let's knock everything down yeah and so poor much. lily she went through so much poor yes. lily oh bless her and she didn't even want to leave the house if she couldn't be herself that was horrible like hope gave her a full-on like existential crisis i know that was really horrible but then yeah at the end of the season um after hope basically stepped down as headmistress or whatever um they then said they were going to sell the school so they all needed to go elsewhere. I was like, so what, is there going to be another season? And if so, where's it going to be set? Oh no, what, I completely forgot that's how it ended. Yeah, they were literally like, find somewhere else to finish your education because Mordell High will no longer exist. That's mad. Oh yeah, because they got the reputation as like the sex school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> trying to change it, but then she was just like really terrible. Yeah, um, actually went a bit too far. No, there's definitely there's definitely more to come. I just don't know which direction it's going in. But yeah, um, what other things happened? I really, what I really loved about this season was um, the episodes where like Eric and his family like went to Nigeria. Yes, and those were so sick. Like at it's, it was actually um, 
one of Nathan's friends like directed a few episodes of Sex Education and she directed those, which was just so wicked. But I just love the colours. They probably brought like the essence and the vibe of Nigeria yeah. to Sex Education, to the Netflix screens, and a little bit of, you know, cayenne pepper, some Maggie to that. I, I loved it. And it was great just seeing like Eric, you know, like really embrace his, his cultural side and, you know, be able to kind of explore who he is as a person a bit more. Yeah, exactly. But you're right. It was so refreshing to just see traditional outfits, even the music, Burner Boy, Tiwa Savage, yeah. Wizkid. I was like, wow, big, big Netflix. Okay, come on, represent. It was so, yeah, it was so cool to see. And yeah, it was amazing to watch Eric's character like fully find himself mm-hmm. um, and just feel like he almost found a group of people that he could fully identify with, um, which was just really cool. And there was a point where he ends up basically cheating on Adam um, with a guy who he meets um, at a wedding. Um, And he doesn't sleep with him or anything. He kisses him. But in my head, like, I would never condone cheating, but I almost kind of understood where he was coming from because he was like, you know, I'm in a space I've never really been to before. Um, I found people that I relate to in a way that I've never been able to relate to anyone back home. I have one opportunity to experience something. I'm just going to go for it. And I kind of got that. Like, it wasn't right. But in that situation, I was like, I kind of get where you're coming from. Yeah, and I think also because he didn't he didn't know that there was like, you know, like an LGBTQ community like in Nigeria. So when this guy like took him to this club and like took him to, you know, this area where they could like be themselves, it was just like such an eye-opening experience for him because, you know, he didn't think it it existed. So seeing him like really come into his element was nice. But then I don't know, I was also kind of sad. I was like, no, but yeah. I don't and I know Adam has like they've been through a lot together like where they started to where they are now I was like okay this is small small progress but then when he came back and he was like yeah I cheated on you and seeing Adam's little face because like he was because Hope took his phone and he had to send the emails and he was asking about Eric and then they broke up I was like Oh no Adam's really been through it he's actually been through it so much it's just so sad it was so sad I just the Eric storyline, like they they played it out so well. And I think especially when I think before they went to Nigeria and he was talking to his mum and his mum was kind of like, you need to pretend basically that you're not gay. Like you need to be less extravagant because it's maybe not as safe for you over there. And so to see him kind of have to, I don't know, like hide parts of himself and kind of dilute his personality and his expression and all of that was really sad and then when he finally found that group where he could be himself and they matched his energy I was like this is so good for him and I think it probably just highlighted to him that Adam maybe wasn't right for him maybe that they're not completely compatible and maybe he wants to be with someone more like him um it was just peak for Adam because I feel like Eric was such a good influence on him Mm. and he needed he needed that in his life like Eric definitely helped bring him out of his shell a lot he's very much like there's still very much a shell but Eric was definitely like helping him come out of that and I don't know they they were nice together but I I definitely see that after Eric saw what could be yeah. he was like this isn't really it he needs someone who's like there who's 100% comfortable with themselves and comfortable with you know like being gay and and being you know outgoing and and out about it as opposed to Adam who he's still having to like draw out a little bit like he what he wants to be you know open and and just be free with it and not feel like 
that kind of has to tiptoe around some stuff. So I, I do yeah. get it, but it was definitely sad. I was like, Adam, get off because there was even a point when Eric came back from Nigeria and he was talking to Adam and he was like oh I think we should go to a club together and Adam was like nah bro not for me I mm -mm." and Eric was like but you you like wearing makeup and Adam was like yeah only in your room though when no one can see us Mm. kind of thing and it's like yeah Eric just didn't want to go back in the closet and have to dilute himself anymore especially not after finally experiencing being his full self and being liberated like he didn't want to yeah dilute himself for anyone which I respect but it's just yeah peak for Adam yeah yeah but it was a choice that Eric had to make for himself because like you said he can't be like bottling himself up for the next however many years because Adam isn't ready like he he needs to live his best life yeah yeah exactly I just I just want to give Adam a hug I know I feel like he's through it he he has been through it and you know small small his character is is developing he's speaking he's using more words yeah um gradually we'll we'll see we'll see how he gets on yeah. Do you know what really annoyed me this season? Go Maeve on. and Otis, they finally kissed and made up. They were finally like, let's give things a go. And now Maeve's off to America. Huh? It was so annoying because the whole reason that they weren't even together was because of Maeve's friend deleted the voicemail of Otis confessing, you know, his love for her. He thought, cool, Maeve doesn't love me. Then he got with Ruby and Maeve was like, why is he with Ruby? Like, Ruby's not his type. And she wanted to be with him. And it was all to and fro, to and fro, to and fro of not really telling each other how you feel. Eventually, Otis told her, but my man was also still in love with Maeve. So they were plotting, they were plotting. She's like, all of you leave. And then eventually, eventually, they're about to get together. Otis and Maeve, what we wanted from the start. And she's like, do you know what? I just got on this program. I'm going to have to leave like now. And I was like, oh, again? Like they couldn't even have like a full week of just being happy. It was when it was when Otis was like, "When are you leaving?" And she was like, "Now." I was like, bro, come on now. They didn't even have a date. Like not even one date. Nothing. It was like, cool. We'll link. I'll see you later. Later never came. It's like now I'm on a bus and I'm off to America. Yeah, like her bags are packed. She's a one way ticket. It's like, but we we were so close. Like there's finally no one is standing in their way. And she's off to the States. I was like, really? That is really upsetting. Although I low-key did quite like Otis and Ruby, you know. It was it was strange. It was I never saw it coming. Like at the start, and I was like, oh, like this is for real, for real. And before it was just like, okay, they're just hooking up. But then Otis is like, no, like, I want to be outside boyfriend too. And then she started changing the way he dresses. And and then it got a bit weird because I was like, I I like I did like her when she started opening up a bit and um like he went around her house and like met her dad and that kind of stuff like we saw a different side to Ruby yeah but yeah for me it they still were completely different yeah they were not compatible yeah not at all but I like that we saw a different side to Ruby I'm I'm definitely Team Maven Team Otis but goodness me this could be twenty years down the line these two still have not linked up. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I can stand them for that long. Like, if they don't hook up in the next season, I'm over it. I'm, I don't have the energy to support them because I'm like, what else can possibly go wrong, guys? Sure, maybe maybe Otis just needs to move to America too at this point. Yeah, because I get that she shouldn't... It's obviously a great opportunity for her, so she can't stay just for Otis. 
Yeah. Like she's dead smart. Like it is it's great for her. And you know, I don't even think Ozis would have wanted her to stay. It's just like, oh timing. Like you gotta tell them then and there when you have don't let it drag on for months yeah. and months and months. And now yeah. look you know what? The moral of the story, don't leave voicemails. Go and talk to people in person. Live and direct. Yeah. I think I think that is the one takeaway. Yeah. Oh, well, that's our shows. Is there anything else that's about that is on your watch list, like stuff you want to see? Yes, I really want to watch Ozark. I've heard really good things. Apparently it's very dark. Apparently it's very yeah. entertaining, very meaty, very nitty gritty. And I'm kind of ready for something like that. Yeah, me too. I've heard really good things about it. And I think the new season, I think season three just dropped. So yeah, there's definitely lots of hype about it. I've heard it's like excellent. It's great. So definitely, definitely on my list. Um, something else I want to watch is Selling Sunset. I think it came out like last year and loads of people were raving about the show. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward. I kind of like those like Real Housewives types of shows and apparently Selling Sunset is kind of similar to that, but also it's like, um, what do you call them? Realtors who are like selling really pretty houses. So I also do want to be able to just like be like, oh, that's a nice, that's a nice house, a nice pool. Oh, yes. Natural light. You know, pretend yeah. I can live in one of these houses through a show. Nice. <laughs> yeah, they've also come up with like um, I guess a spin-off of that called Selling Tampa, um, which is like an all-black cast, and I want to watch that oh. as well. Okay, you've got me. You've yeah. got. I'm watching all of them. I'm watching all. Of, I really think you should watch Real Housewives. Like, I think I like it. Real Housewives of Potomac. That's um an all black cast, and it is wild. Like, that's probably one of the best ones. And then Atlanta, yeah, wild, wild, wild. Okay, because I've literally I've just finished um the new season of Too Hot to Handle, and it was trashy as hell. But I need a constant fix of just trash. So maybe I can go on to Real Housewives. Was it? Was it? Was it good? Trashy though. Um too hot to handle because I'm like do I bother watching it or not do you know what like the casting wasn't as good as the last season like there was no Melinda there was no Marvin there was no Cam there was no Emily like it wasn't the same but it was still watchable I don't want watchable I want like (laughs) yeah I think you answered my question for me but honestly you'll love real I will have to do an episode on real housewife once Ivy has watched some because you need to be where I'm at but um another I think it's not a show I think it might be a film but someone actually recommended this to me um on set whilst I was working it's called Icarus and apparently it's to do with um the whole like doping scandal that took place in like Russia with like their athletes so a few years ago I guess like they were all um you know like using dope or like like steroids when competing and so like Russia got banned from the Olympics and they're still banned now so the athletes are allowed to like represent themselves but they they basically can't represent Russia because like Russia's been banned for the Olympics but yeah apparently it's, it's um a really good film about like that whole scandal which sounds kind of interesting so I didn't even know that Russia was banned from the Olympics. That's mad. Yeah, yeah. So even when you like watch the last two Olympics, I think the athletes from Russia, um, they're down as like ROC. So instead of it being like the Russian flag and it's saying Russia, it's like ROC, which is just like um, athletes representing themselves from Russia. So then they can't actually represent the country because the country is banned, but the athletes can like, independently individually like still compete in the olympics that is crazy okay i might have to add that to my watch list as well because that sounds interesting yeah 
Yeah. Also, if anyone has any TV or film suggestions, please DM us. I'm always open to adding things to my watch list. Yeah. And I want to watch different things. I think sometimes like Netflix and and now they'll just like recommend like samey things or stuff that I'm actually not that interested in. So yeah, if you've got anything that's like slightly different that, you know, I probably wouldn't stumble upon like myself or ourselves, then yeah, definitely throw them our way. And if you want to share your thoughts on the episode, use the hashtag BlackBrokenBrilliant on Twitter or message us on our Insta page. You know what to do. Like, subscribe, give us a follow, rate us on Apple Podcasts, share this podcast with your friends, your family and your film buddies. We'll be back next Thursday. I've been Ivy. I've been Samiracle. Thanks for listening.